All right. Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager over at So Called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. <clears throat> My co-host is here. AJ, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, looking forward to tomorrow and the start of the NFL season. I don't know about you. Nah, not really. Still kind of in baseball <laughs> mode. Nah, doesn't, doesn't do it for you. Nah, it should uh, should definitely be be an interesting game. I know there's you know lots of talk about it not necessarily being the same matchup as the Super Bowl, but. I mean, Denver's defense, for the most part, is the same. Offense is a little different. But, uh, you know, whatever. They didn't win the Super Bowl because of the offense anyway. So, um, you know, they're the one big addition for uh, for Carolina, of course, is Kelvin Benjamin coming back. I'm assuming he's playing tomorrow. Um, yeah, so, they're talking about – lowered snap count but we'll we will be getting to that so yeah but uh yeah man should be should be a good time i'm ready to get this thing started we've been talking enough draft talk and and preparation and strategy and you name it i'm ready to just get this season going i've been drafting since july man i'm I'm tired of it so um, actually, I'm not. I, I wish I could do like three more drafts tonight, but I'm not. Well, so, you can if you go to Fantasy Pros and do the uh, the <laughs> mock draft. Yeah, I don't really want to mock draft anymore. Anyway, um, yeah. So with that said, there is still some preseason kind of wrap up news, things that are going to highly affect week one in my opinion all all of this news that we'll get to and I I do want to start with your your team making a trade for a couple of draft picks a first and a fourth I think it's conditional up to a second depending on how well they do and uh, they got rid of Sam Bradford what uh how you how you feeling about that, man? It looks like they're ready to kind of not almost punt the season. I guess I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you feel about this? I I don't think I would call it punting the season, but I am a little surprised. I'm not surprised they dealt Bradford one bit, and I'm glad that you know he he got his out. He didn't want to be there. I know that he finally took it on the chin and decided, I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to play for you guys, blah, blah, blah. But you knew in the back of his head that he didn't want to be in Philly. They have the new, you know, franchise quarterback, potentially, in Carson Wentz. Um, But they also had Chase Daniel, who they brought over basically with Doug Peterson, if you think about it, from Kansas City. Um, I'm surprised that they're just going full in with Wentz to start the season. Um, If I were Chase Daniel, I'd be kind of pissed off. 
But, and he is. <laughs> well, exactly. Rightfully so. I mean, it's like, okay, dude, you know this is a business. Uh, you're you're basically at this point what's been a career backup, and now you're going to be, you know, you were the backup to Sam Bradford uh, and ahead of Wentz, but, oh, wait, by the way, we, we just dealt Bradford, and um, you're going to go ahead and stay exactly where you are and we're going to jump Wentz over you, even though he hasn't played the last two preseason games because of an injury. But um, we're, we're just going to go ahead and do that. Hope you're cool with that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I get the reasoning behind it. They want to see what they got with Wentz, I guess. But, you know, I, I fully agree with Daniel and his position of being pretty upset about it. My thing is, is, is Wentz even really ready? I mean, he's, I think I heard a few days ago played 39 snaps in the entire preseason. Uh, he came from a division, the FBS conference or FCS conference or whatever it is, division in college football. Um, yeah. So how prepared is this guy? I mean, he must have been phenomenal in camp, like behind closed doors, because nobody was talking about this guy. The beat writers were saying he wasn't ready. He was injured a lot. So, like, when did this guy prove to Doug Peterson that he was ready? That's what I kind of question. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they were really able to just keep it under lock and key that well. Um, I mean, I feel like this quarterback situation has been a huge headline all off season because of the huge trade to jump up and get Carson Wentz. And then the disappointment by Sam Bradford and his wanting to, you know, be the starter and potentially – not be the starter and then be traded because they went after Wentz. So it's like, you know, it's almost a, a like this team has been on the, uh, whatever the HBO, the hard knock special um, because of all the news that they've put up this off season. Um, I don't even know who was on a hard knocks this year because uh, I don't know HBO. LA. That's right. Okay. Um, but here again, another team with another, you know, fresh out-of-the-gate quarterback, are they going to tank the season? You know, is Philly tanking the season now by doing this? But the biggest get in this, obviously, is the first-round draft pick. I mean, I don't think any other team out there was giving them a first-rounder for for Bradford. And the, I don't want to call it, you know, piss poor play he had a couple of decent games last year but he was average for the most part and he was injured for a little bit big surprise um just looking at at them having this first round pick and the next year's draft being in philadelphia i think that is huge I, i mean come come sunday that crowd whether Bradford was there or not would have been shouting, you know, Carson, Carson, 
Carson from snap one, prior to snap one. And, you know, it's you really probably better so? for Bradford. Yeah, I, I do. Know. That's the, that's how this fan base works, man. I'm telling you, Ugh. that's that's what they do. They they want what they want until what they want sucks, and then they want something <laughs> else. So I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. To he, me, to me, to me, like I, I look absolutely phenomenal trade by Philly. They could not pass up that deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. That no. is an absolute phenomenal trade. So considering what they gave up to get Wentz and then to get a first and a fourth, possibly third or second back, like that's yeah. that's that's a no-brainer. You cannot pass it up. That said, I'm kind of I'm I am still surprised they went with Wentz week 1. I thought cuz what they have an early round, they have an early buy, right? They have a week 4 buy. Week four, I thought, yeah. I thought they were gonna go week one, two, three with Daniels. Let Wentz, you know, hold a clipboard, watch, whatever, and then, you know, if the Eagles are one and two and they haven't looked good, or they're zero and three or whatever, then fine, throw in Wentz. A, if they're three and zero or two and one and Daniels is looking good, keep him in there and let Wentz sit on the bench like they had planned to do all along anyway. What was it gonna hurt? Um, in th- in this situation, I kind of like look. Wentz, maybe hey, maybe he'll surprise me. But in this situation yeah. now, they've got themselves into. They're stuck with Wentz, basically the entire year. Year like yeah, you can pull yeah. him out if you know he throws three interceptions in the first three drives of a game, but you can't do that every game. You know, you can't yo-yo him back and forth like that. Is is what I you know a, a term I've heard used a bunch of times with him, and. It's so true. Like you, I don't. I don't mind sitting him down once, maybe twice during the year if he has a really terrible game. But you can't do it like all the time. Well, that's how you really screw up a young quarterback. Um, yeah. So I mean, what do you think about Wentz's fantasy value, though? I mean, that's why we're all here. I mean, that's why people like look. Hey, I'm ecstatic because in my Scott Fishbowl league, because I only drafted Aaron Rodgers and Osweiler as my two quarterbacks, and it's a super flex mm-hmm. league. I thought I was screwed. Last round, I randomly took Carson Wentz. I was like, hey, I'm going to take a flyer here. It's working out for me now. Now I've got a third quarterback. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no, I mean, I, me. that's, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, we found this news out. And my draft was on uh, – for my, my personal league was on Monday. And, you know, I, I knew that the one guy was going to go after him. I just didn't know when. So he grabbed him kind of late, maybe like 12th, 13th round. And it's a keeper keeper league. He's the third quarterback on his team, though. He already had Carson Palmer, and he he picked up somebody else later on, too. I can't remember if it was Carr or somebody else. But I'm like, why why are you drafting three quarterbacks in a league where we only play one? Like, I get it that he's your keeper and he's your, you know, he he wrote out their decade-long keeper, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, yeah, you get to keep a quarterback late. Good for you. I mean, they're already late as free agent pickups. But I, I think Wentz's fantasy value is, I think it's going to be decent. I mean, I don't know if I'd call him top 10 or anything like that. Even top 15 might be a stretch. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him crack the top 20. I mean, 
they still have some decent weapons in Philly. You know, if if Ryan Matthews stays healthy, I know that's a huge if. Um, you know, you got Sproles, who's a great weapon out of the backfield on punt returns, whatever. But I think as a third down compliment guy to to Matthews, he's going to be great out of the backfield. You know, as, yep. as a safety net, you got Zach Ertz, and still have Brent Selleck, who can still play ball. You know, he's not super fantasy relevant, but he's a good tight end. And, you know, again, he's consistent and he's that safety net type of guy. Um, I mean, he's still got Matthews on the outside. So I think the Eagles offense could surprise some people, but at the same time, I wasn't really eager to go after anybody not named Hertz, you know, on, on the offensive side of the ball for fantasy. So, it, depending on how, how these first four games go, I think that's going to be a big telling sign of how the rest of those guys will have their fantasy seasons impacted by how Wentz plays. So it it could go really well, and those guys could kind of maintain the same as where they were projected to go. Or if Wentz really is this real deal guy, then – you know, those guys could have really good seasons. Yeah, I mean, I am i don't have a lot of expectations for Wentz. I mean, and, and obviously that, that does hurt the value of, of Matthews, and I already wasn't very high on Green Beckham or Aguilar. Matthews, I kind of think, could get a boost from this because I think they'll rely on the run game a little bit, although, like you said, he needs to stay healthy. And then... You know, you got Sproles. His role is kind of the same. He's not going to change. Uh, Kenyon Barner could be could be an interesting boost as, as well. You know, big handcuffs as well. Um, yeah, I just I, it's hard to it's hard to trust a guy that really hasn't seen the field even in the preseason. So I'm pretty low on Wentz, and I <laughs> I'm still looking to grab a a second. Well. I guess at this point, a fourth quarterback in my Scott Fishbowl league. There's a couple hanging out there that, you know, like I might be able to go grab a Case Keenum cheap, you know, if I need to desperately grab, you know, put somebody else in there. Might be able to go if Dax Prescott's going to go ridiculously high. I was, I was, at one point, I was thinking of going in like 30, 40 bucks on him out of 100 left, you know, in, in all of our fab, but I'm not going to have to anymore. I think, I, I think I'll be okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste all my fab on, on a quarterback that I don't really need that bad. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting. Like I said, the Eagles, great move for them. But uh, so, so that said, let, let's really quickly take a couple minutes. Let's look at the, the Viking side of this trade. So they get Sam Bradford. Um, I mean, are they back in business? I mean, and does it this save, you know, Diggs and and Charles Johnson and you know, some people were actually worried about Adrian Peterson. I wasn't. I thought it was gonna help him, you know, when <laughs> Sean Hill was yeah, gonna be I the guy. Um I don't think it's gonna hurt Peterson. I think the only thing that's gonna hurt Peterson is age and mileage. But he's still Adrian Peterson, he's the monster and he's gonna be a top five back. Um I think it definitely 
I honestly think it helps the receivers, even if Bridgewater was there. Um, Bridgewater was was decent. You know, he was playable at times, but he still didn't blow me away personally. Um, I, I think putting the two together healthy with experience and, you know, the right protection, I think Bradford's the better quarterback. Um, But here again, he's not mobile. So that is the edge that I would give Bridgewater over him. But overall play, I'd still go Bradford over, over Sean Hill. You know, here again, we're looking at another career backup guy, and he's literally made uh, his whole career out of being a backup and playing for these injured quarterbacks. And he's been pretty successful. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do here with week one, if they're going to just keep it, you know, status quo, pre-trade, let Sean Hill go out there and, you know, kind of prove himself. Um, as well as let Bradford learn the playbook instead of just throwing him straight to the fire um, and and having, you know, a dumbed-down playbook. Um, I I think the the wise decision for them would be to go with with Hill. Don't, Don't mess it around too much, you know. If you come into it and say, hey, Bradford, you're our guy, that's why we came out and we wanted you. This guy's already jaded as it is, and now he got the trade that he wanted to get out of the city, but is it to the team he wanted? So he needs to know that he's going to start and and be the welcomed starter. Um, well, I think that's obvious. He may not start week one. I mean, he's been there five days at this point, four. Yeah. Uh, it's – he may not start week one. He's got to learn the playbook, but I think week two is you're gonna you're gonna easily see I him think, out yeah, there. I think they're gonna. They're I don't gonna think it's gonna be go a problem at all. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. I think it kind of helps everybody out there, and uh, I'm still not very high on Sam Bradford. I just you know the, the weapons aren't that great over there, uh, but it puts it puts it kind of puts everybody back to where they were in Minnesota. You know, not great, especially, you know, at least on the receiver side. But at least they're not yeah, completely but, at the bottom of the rankings where they fell when I knew it was Sean Hill or thought it was yeah. Sean Hill. Well, the last the last thing I want to mention on this, and we can probably move on, is the the just the plethora of memes that came out from this, obviously. Um, I, the best one that I saw and, and the one that actually alerted me to the trade um, the, the credit I'm seeing on this is John Gonzalez. So good call on this one. It just says how the trade went down. It says Vikings, Sam Bradford, we'll give you ellipsis Eagles deal. Vikings, a Eagles done. Vikings, first rounder and uh, Eagles. He's already on the plane. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's, uh, that, that, that was, was a ridiculous then, trade. Yeah, and then there was, a, there was another one that, uh, you know, uh, that I saw that was this trade just tore my ACL. That one was kind of funny. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see, man. I don't know. It's um it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. You know, the Philly hey, you know what though? I like it as a skins fan. Now we got two rookie quarterbacks starting on teams in the NFC East. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and basically a sophomore for them, but somewhat proven, so you know, Cousins is definitely looking like the, you know, far and away second best, uh, second best quarterback in that division. Yeah, depending on which Eli it's not you get. Best. Yeah, yeah, depending depending on which Eli you get, he he's up and down big time. Anyway, yeah. moving on, man. This uh, there's not a whole lot of like, I mean, there is some fantasy. To this, but I just thought this was really kind of strange. Justin Forsett gets released by the Ravens this weekend, and Twitter fantasy world blew up. Like, just everybody was shocked. Forsett was supposed to be the starter, you know, running with the number ones, and then boom, he gets released, and everybody's like, "Oh my god." Go out and get Kenneth Dixon. Oh, go get Javoris Allen. Go get Terrence West. Go get these guys. Forsett's gone. Blah, 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 blah. Drop Forsett. Then rumbling started coming out like an hour later, like, wait, maybe you want to hold on. The Ravens might be re-signing him. This might have just been a – I'm not even really 100% sure why he was released. Something to do with the other running backs weren't – waiver eligible or something I and mean, that didn't make any sense to me i thought that sounded like a baseball rule <laughs> no i really I, know i think it was they were well with that waiver stuff in mind i think it had something to do with them still trying to make their decision on who they wanted to cut and who they wanted to keep and they potentially from what i heard they potentially went to four set and said hey look you're in our plans we're keeping you but we still have to figure out these other guys. We're going to go ahead and cut you, but we'll re-sign you in, you know, four days or whatever it is. Um, and then potentially the other the other part of that was, hey, we're going to uh, we're going to re-sign you, but your deal is going to be different. And, and I haven't seen anything about that, but it was just one of the potential reasons behind the the whole thing was that maybe it was a cap issue and they wanted to free up some cap space somehow. Um, and doing this would, would allow them to, you know, basically restructure his contract to, to make the cap room work. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the two things that I heard that I'm still just not a hundred percent on what was what. It was yeah, bizarre, it was- Definitely bizarre, but I mean, so now that he's back, though, I don't really know what to make of this whole running back situation in Baltimore. I mean, Kenneth Dixon's out for the first four weeks, so we know he's not yeah. part of it right now. Do you, who are you start like if you had to start any one of these guys? Who are you starting? Still leaning on four set. I think it's going to be. Eventually, I think it's going to be more of a timeshare. But this week, I think he's he's still going to be the guy. Um, and, and depending on how the game goes, 
it could be a you know hot hand per series. So if he comes in and he starts you know playing real well, then he's going to get the next couple series. And when he needs a breather, that they'll probably lean on you know West or uh, or Allen potentially. I think I to me I think West gets a bump ahead of Allen. Um, I know they like Allen a lot, but West had a nice preseason, so I think they reward him and, and try to go to him next. But whether or not that stays as is, I, I don't know. It, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see. But I think you got to lean on Forsett. You know he he's been a workhorse for him, so I, I think he's going to be the one to get the the line share carries. Yeah, I I think I tend to agree. I'm just not really sure. I'm I'm still I'm actually really intrigued by Terrence West. He looked good this preseason. Um yeah. so, you know, I I did pick him up in some deeper leagues of mine just just to see what would happen with him. He'll be a pretty quick drop if if he doesn't pan out. But it's yeah. it's definitely a very very weird situation. And another running back that I that I want to finish up here with, which was kind of kind of a w- more week one kind of news, but it, it started coming out at the very end of preseason, so that's why I mixed it in here. Jamal Charles, I'm really worried about Jamal Charles at this point. I don't know about you, but I des I definitely am. Um, he uh, he plummeted. I think you know my, my stance on Jamal Charles. Yes, well, he's been dead to you since last year in week three. Yeah. Um, but he or week four, whatever it was, he five, uh, no six. I started five and up. Yeah, but so like he hasn't played the preseason. He's barely practiced. Now they're talking about he might be a scratch for week one. Spencer Ware. If you drafted him early on in the year, like quite possibly 12th round or beyond, you have just struck gold because he is going to get the lion's share of the carries at this point. San Diego, especially in week one, and last I checked, San Diego did not have a good defense. So unless something has drastically changed this year, I mean, I know they got Joey Bosa, but one guy is going to make that much of a difference. Um, yeah, Jamal Charles really worries me, and I, and I, the rest of us at Fantasy Six Pack have have talked about this, and you know we were all debating on like how far to drop him, and when the first news came out that like you know he might not play full allotment of snaps, the you know the the first couple games, you know, dropped him to like the twelve-ish round of running, you know, running backs, and not round, but twelfth area, like number twelve running back, and then, uh, yeah, and then as as soon as it was like, well, he might be scratched completely, and where you know he might get the he might not be able to get full going for a few weeks. I dropped him to number 17 behind like Jonathan Stewart even. And it's quite possible that I should have, you know, I should drop him lower, but I, you know, he's just so much talent that if he can come back in like week three, week four, you know, he can make up so much ground. He's, he's that good. Um, 
I mean, hate your hatred aside for him. Like, what do you? What is your honest take on this guy? I mean, my honest take is that I don't hate the guy, but he screwed me, so <laughs> yeah. I have disdain for him. But um, don't lie. You know, obviously, you never want anybody to be injured, but this is scary. I mean, he's already had two knee surgeries. You know. Um, He's already not starting again this year. I mean, he was pretty much on my do-not-draft list this year unless for whatever reason he was just sitting there in the fourth or farther down round, um, which he pretty much wasn't. And and I'm okay with that. Let him be somebody else's problem. And, hey, look at this. He's somebody else's problem now. Um, but I don't – I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely going to be – Interesting to see what happens with Ware and West, uh, Charkandrick West, because he had a pretty solid season filling in for um, for Charles last year when he was injured. Um, well, it's going to be Spencer Ware. Ware is going to get yeah, all the love. I know. First. I know. But, you know, West is still a guy to keep an eye on now as, you know, a potential Ware handcuff, maybe. I mean, is it bold to even say that? I don't know if it is. I don't. I don't think it is. To be honest with you. I mean, I don't. I really don't think it is. Charles definitely worries me, and you know, if you drafted him, you were looking for you know, like comeback player type stats. But I just don't think I'm seeing it. Um, you know, and, and it's a shame because he's been a solid back. You know, for his healthy years, but I I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like I said, you you already, you already know my take here. It's just, I'm definitely worried about him. Now, I mean, you talked about getting him in like the third, fourth round. I don't know if I would have drafted him in the, in the third round even, but I'll tell you a coworker of mine had a draft two nights ago and or whatever it was last night maybe and I asked him how it went because I told him initially up front I was like just just don't take Jamal Charles where he's normally going just don't don't even worry about him he's going too early still people aren't really thinking about it you know especially in 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 leagues where people aren't paying attention I knew he was in kind of one of those leagues Uh Jamal Charles was still sitting there out in the seventh round and he still passed up on him and I went all right, now you took my advice a little too far. I didn't say completely <laughs> ignore him. I would have taken him in the sixth round had he fallen to me. Holy crap. Like, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Like, you don't pass up on talent like that. Like, that is the type of value that, okay, I'm willing to take a risk on a guy who might be a little injury prone in the seventh round if he can return first-round value if he can come back and be healthy. That's the type of thing yeah. I'm okay with. But – well, and I'm uh, so, looking back at, at my draft uh, that I just had on Monday, and uh, my brother ended up taking him in the second round. He already oh, had wow. Peterson. He already had Peterson as his first round keeper, but he was the eighth pick out of ten. So that's you know pretty decent for Peterson. That's probably about where he's going, anyways. But um, so then right on that turn, he went ahead and took Charles with that pick and passed up Des Bryant, you know, Mark Ingram, who I 
potentially would have rather had Alshon Jeffrey, Keenan yeah. Allen, Sam Watkins, all those guys, Omar, over, over Amari Cooper, Rawls, which I, I don't know. Rawls, like we're going to talk about, but yeah. So I think he probably be, still would have taken Rawls. Well, we'll talk about him, so I, don't, I won't talk about it now. But Mike Evans, yeah. Brandon Cooks. I mean, and I upped the receivers this year. So we've got quarterback, two running backs, three receivers now, one tight end, and two just flex positions. So, I mean, he still has decent receivers with Jarvis Landry, Randall Cobb, um, and Fitzgerald. If he, you know, plays the way that he did uh, last year. Um, But then he's got... Vince Jackson and Steve Smith and Ted Ginn on his bench. So, not real deep at receiver, and he, he's fairly heavy on, on running back. Um, so, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, it, it pans out for him, but he, he's he got the other guy that we'll talk about here later, too. So. Yeah, and, and you know what? Let's let's just roll with it. If you brought it up, that's, that's fine. It's just Let's just do it now. You know, Thomas Rawls, uh, another one of those guys that coming off a, a pretty bad injury at the end of last season. And, you know, the the Seahawks obviously lost Lynch. So they were – everybody was just – you know, all signs were pointing to Rawls coming back and being fine for week one. Uh, I think he got a little bit of work finally in game three or was it four of the preseason. Um but you know he was kind of coming along pretty slow this 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 off season, and they brought back in Christine Michael, and he's looked phenomenal. CJ Proseis they drafted, and the the other rookie that the Alex Collins or something like that they they drafted him as well. Um, you know Proseis is looking like he might be the the third down back, but he was injured this this off season as well. So he, he didn't really get a full chance to, to show anything, but Rawls is now being talked about as one of those guys that they're going to reduce his workload early on to kind of get him back into the swing of things. And they're not talking about sitting him, but they are talking about, you know, reducing the workload and probably playing Christine Michael a lot more. I mean, what would you do with Rawls at this point? I mean, are you still just rolling him out there? You know, hopefully, you know, you probably drafted him as your running back too in most cases. But are you still thinking of just playing him because that's how you drafted him? I mean, one of the things we always say to people is play your studs week one. But it feels like this year is so much different because a lot of your studs that you drafted aren't going to be there week one, but you can't drop them. Yeah, I I mean – Again, it depends on when you drafted him. I mean, if he's your first or second guy, um, you know, I I think you got to play him. But if he's going to start getting lacking carries, and that's the funny thing I was about to mention, not to keep dwelling on my brother's team, but he also got Christine Michael pretty late. So he's got the the guy who's starting potentially right now. And – I think Rawls is going to be fine, though. I think he's going to be, you know, I I heard a a similar comparison to him and C.J. Anderson of last year, where he's going to be kind of slow to start because of the, um, you know, the injury and and the 
reduce snaps and all of that. But once he's healthy and and they really turn him loose, I think he's gonna he's gonna explode again. Um, so I'm biding my time on him. I'm not. I may pick and choose my matchups for him, you know, to start the season. But he's got a pretty solid one against Miami first game. So I think I'm still yeah, playing him not too week bad. one. Well, all right. So let so let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Let me see kind of where you rank him because I know because I know you you know you don't partake in the fantasy six pack rankings. You don't you know you don't do that. But I know you kind of do your own thing here. So let me let me just ask you. So Thomas Rawls or Rashad Gen- Rashad Jennings? Let's see how far I want to see how far down you have Rawls. See, I like Jennings this year, and he's another guy I think people slept on. Um, but against Dallas, I, it's good matchups for both of them. I'll go Jennings just because I think that's going to be a, a a good matchup. Okay. Let's pick a couple more here. Let's see how far down you got. I mean, I agree with you. I think Jennings. In fact, I have Jennings a lot higher. Um, let's go a little farther down the list. Duke Johnson. Rawls. Really? Okay. Um, Jonathan Stewart. Oof. Against Denver's D for week one, I'm going Rawls. All right. So you are definitely believing in some Rawls action still, even though he might get like a quarter of the amount of work he should. I, I That's think still again. I still think he's going to have a good week one. You know, ask me these same running backs next week. It's going to change depending on the matchups. Um, I think Philly's defense is decent, um, and I, nothing against Duke Johnson, but Cleveland running backs in general just aren't really. You know, they they don't excite me. They're they're almost as fun to, to watch as New England running backs. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, to each your own, man. I, I'll tell you, I've got I've got Jennings 19. Now, these are standard leagues. These are my standard rankings. So, I've got I've got Jennings at 19. I've got Stewart at 24. I've got Johnson at 26. I've got Rawls all the way down at 36. I've got Michael ahead of him this week. Because when you know, look, Rawls could absolutely bust out like one big run, but I like the guy getting the most work, you know, who I yeah. know is going to get the most touches. And right now that's Michael. That's my take on it. You know, I, oh. I don't totally disagree with you. I, I, at first when I did it, I had Rawls still ahead of Michael. And then I just, I had to like force myself to switch it. Cause yeah, you know, I just, you know, you know, Rawls is a lot better but I just don't trust the workload that they're talking about him giving right now. Yeah. But I mean, I still think he could, he could be worthwhile this week. I mean, with the reduced carries, uh, yeah, I think Michael will probably outshine him and outscore him fantasy wise um, this week and potentially for the next couple weeks. But I think he's still going to be able to do something with, you know, maybe 12, 15 touches total, um, and that may be on the higher side. But yeah, I'm not even sure he's going to get that many. That's not what it sounds like, man. But 
We shall see. We shall see. Anyway, a couple other things I want to get to here is is there was kind of some, I don't know if I want to call them position battles or more just kind of depth chart interesting things to note. Um, and one is Sammy Coates and Eli Rogers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, coming in early on, you know, you and I, you know, we we talked about Sammy Coates a lot early on. Uh, especially yeah. when we did our wide receiver preview. And you know, we both liked the guy. We thought he's very dynamic. He's got the size to be a great receiver. The the um the Steelers lost um, Bartavis Bryant, so it was you know, everything was there for Coates to just take off this year. He really kinda disappointed in this preseason. Didn't really do a whole lot. Uh and, and Eli Rogers, he kind of came out of nowhere like I really never heard of this guy until I started doing a little more research on things and he's going to be the starting third receiver for the Steelers behind Wheaton and obviously Antonio Brown um I mean is there is there anything there like are, are you are you picking up Rodgers in in you know last pick 12 team leagues are you drafting coach and just hoping that it just works out? Like, what are you doing with these two? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in coach. Uh, I think he's he's definitely worthy of a roster spot in a, a you know a deeper twelve team league, uh, especially in a dynasty league. Um, I mean, I I just think he's going to be the guy. Uh, I mean, you still have Wheaton there, but, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. And I think Coates will will gain ground on him in the depth chart more so. So I I like the guy. I'm definitely looking at at watching him over these next couple of weeks and seeing when he's going to get scooped up. Because uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was week two, if he's not already owned. He he's going to be one of those guys I can see putting up a huge first game, and everybody's like, oh, "I got to burn my waiver on him." He's that type of guy. Yeah, but no, it's, it's I think he can continue to put it up. So. It's very possible. I mean, we liked him. We liked him for a reason, and he just for some reason hasn't produce in this off season and, and it's cost him, it's cost him the starting job. And, and that matters, you know, that matters when it comes to draft season for, you know, pretty much an unproven player. Yeah. Another interesting one that I didn't really see coming was Brandon LaFell and Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, right now they have it listed that LaFell is still the number two and Boyd's the three. Um, I kind of saw it completely different, especially with the injury that LaFell had in, in the offseason. I want to say it was a wrist injury. Um, and, you know, he's going to need surgery eventually. That seems kind of crazy that he's just going to play through it, especially as a receiver. You kind of need your hands. Um, yeah. It was, either, it was either that or it was a thumb. It was something crazy. It was like, how are you going to play through this? Um but either way, like, I mean, are you, are you believing the depth chart in this case? Or, or are you still listing Boyd ahead of LaFell in, in all your rankings? And, and 
Um, I I still think Boyd is going to be ahead of LaFell. You know, LaFell really hasn't shown much since his days in Carolina. And, uh, you know, he's kind of floated around a couple of different places. And, and you kind of thought that he was going to be a huge get in New England with the injuries and everything they were facing a couple of years ago. And he, he didn't. So I don't know what the 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 deal is there. I mean, he he did have the one good season. But I, I just think that he was expected to do more after that. And he just never did. Yeah. Um, again, New England is one of those just throw it around to everybody and see what happens kind of teams. Um, but it's it, you know it, I don't know if if I worry about him too much right now. Yeah, he's kind of off my radar. I, I do like Boyd as a as a flyer, but I kind of feel like he started picking up a lot of steam down the stretch, and and I didn't get him anywhere because of it. He started going like he started going pretty early, like almost wide receiver four range in a few of my drafts, and I was like, ah, I'm not ready to do that quite yet. Um, another one that I want to talk about is Seattle, and it's Jermaine Curse and Tyler Lockett, and. You know, Lockett was one of those guys that, you know, he's an electric, he's an electric player for sure. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of speed, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife type of player, and everybody had a lot of hopes for him, and and still do, but technically by the depth chart, Curse is ahead of him. Does that mean anything to you, as far as their fantasy stock goes? Um, I, no, I, I don't think it does. I mean, Delaney Walker, to me, is the best receiver on that team right now. Um, but with healthy receivers and the way that, that Sharps played, you know, in the Wait, preseason. Wrong, wrong team, wrong team, wrong team. <laughs> Seattle. What do you mean? <laughs> Oh, Seattle. You're looking, at, you're looking at. I didn't list this one. Sorry, oh. I switched it up on you. That's my fault. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I don't think these guys were on Seattle. But, <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, Kirsten well, Lockett. Lockett. Glad you're listening oh, to me. <laughs> I, I have Lockett ahead of Curse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's not even a question. Um. I think he's going to be way ahead and easily be the number two guy. Curse is still going to have his games. Here again, I feel like this is a team where Russell Wilson's going to be, you know, kind of like Cam Newton, kind of like Brady, take it on his own, and he's going to just do what he needs to do to win a game, whether it's, you know, break out of the pocket and and break one off or find the open guy. And that's, that to me is where Curse kind of jumps in and, and has some of that, um, you know, luster on him. But um, I think Lockett's going to still be the, the number two go-to behind Baldwin for sure. And I think Baldwin, he might get a little more attention from defenses after what he did at the end of last year. So that could even free Lockett up even more so. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I've always said I kind of don't like Lockett 
Uh, I thought he was getting a little bit too much hype. He's always seemed like one of those big boomer bust types of guys where you know, he's going to have games where he's incredible, and I know that. And it's going to make his fantasy stock go up and his overall total points for the season just skyrocket. But he's going to have a ton of weeks where he does absolutely nothing. And that's because he plays in Seattle, and that's just what happens to receivers in Seattle. And he's he's just that kind of big play type receiver. He's not going to be – you know, Mr. Consistent. And that's what I look for. And so I'm, I'm not really big on Lockett. And I'm not big on Curse either. He's done nothing over his years to, to prove to me that he's going to be good. Um, so last thing I want to mention is this gets back to another one of our kind of injured players returning and, and, and things like that. And this time it's Kelvin Benjamin, and, you know, we've we talked about him a little bit on the show the last couple of weeks, but, but now it's, it's confirmed. They're, they're going to talk about limiting his snaps in week one, possibly longer, and, you know, where what are you, what are you doing with Kelvin Benjamin? Because most people drafted him as a wide receiver two, maybe if you're lucky, wide receiver three. Like, are you, are you just not playing him this week and maybe next week? And, you know, are, are you, are you boosting Ted Ginn and, and Funches because of that? Um, I, I do like Funches this year. I, I think he could kind of have a bit of a breakout. Um, Ginn, you kind of know what you're getting with him, but at the same time, he was, you know, he he was like Doug Baldwin in some of these weeks where he just blew up. He could have only had three catches, but he'd have, you know, 140 yards because he broke one for 80. Um, So he's the ultimate boomer bust guy to me. But Funchess, you know, I think he's going to be, the solid number two. I still like him. I, I think Benjamin, if he plays, he's going to get some attention. But, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, that game in general, I think, is going to be, still going to be Denver's defense shutting everything down, regardless of, of who's on the other side. So I, I do like Funches a little bit more. Uh, this week, but I don't. Throughout the season, I, I think Benjamin is still going to end up being the go-to guy, um, and I think I talked about him the other week too. I, I just I like him. I think you know now that he's back, he's going to be a, a big target for Cam. Whether or not he catches the ball, I guess is a different story. But <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I still think he's going to be the first look no matter what. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you just got to worry. Like, you know, if he only plays, you know, the, the Panthers don't really pass a lot in the first place. And then if he only plays, you know, 30% of the snaps and they or he only plays 30 to 35 snaps, they only throw the ball, you know, 45% of the time. And he's only going to get the, targets you know a, a few times for that 
what are we talking about here? Like a three catch game for like forty yards? If he doesn't score, that's such a waste yeah. of week. You know, that's yeah, what we're talking that, about. That here. And and I I'm not I'm not relying on that in, in these coming weeks. He's gonna have to prove it to me if I have him on my team, which thankfully I did not draft him. I have no idea why. This is like Last year, I got completely ripped by all the early season, like bad news and injuries and things like that. And it looked like it was doing the same thing to me this year. My Scott Fishbowl League got ripped to shreds. But all my other leagues so far, knock on wood, have kind of dodged the bullet. You know, I didn't get any Benjamins. I didn't get any of the uh, – I didn't have any coats. I didn't buy in on that for some reason. Um, I didn't get Rawls. I, I didn't get uh, Charles. You know, I, I kind of dodged all these, like, early season bullets for some reason. And I don't know how it happened, but it did. Uh, so, hopefully hopefully this is going to make up for my disaster of a season last year where I lost, like, Nelson and Kelvin Benjamin early and a whole bunch of other stuff happened to me. Like, but, you know, that – Speaking of another guy that went out early, Nelson, he's another one of these guys that it's like he's going to play maybe limited snaps week one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what to think about him either. And, and we'll, we'll get to him a little bit later. I have him, I have him listed somewhere else down here, so I don't want to talk too much on him, but let's finish up. Let's finish up the, uh, the week one talk here. And if you all weren't with us last year, we go ahead and, and we usually do, you know, kind of our, our waiver pickups. Of course, we, we used to do the show on Tuesdays, but we moved to the Wednesdays. So waiver pickups might be a little hard to do, but we're, we'll still give you some, some potential pickups in case they didn't get picked up in waivers every week. But, you know, beginning week one, we don't have those. We'll run through a bunch of injuries usually and, and all that sort of news. And then we finish out here with, we go through like best and worst fantasy games, you know, games to target and games to avoid. That's kind of more for maybe the DFS aspect. And then some, some sleepers and busts at, at each of the three major positions. And um, let's go ahead and start with you, AJ. We'll uh, let you go with the best fantasy game of the week for you. My best fantasy game is going to be Oakland at New Orleans. Um, I, I think, you know, both of these teams – are not great against the pass. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. You know, Drew Brees just signed his contract extension. It's it's a home game for them. You know, Oakland traveling to the, to the I guess you could call it East Coast-ish, um, usually doesn't fare well for them. But I talked about it before. I think Oakland's going to be an improved team this year. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I think it's going to be not a lot of defense and a, a ton of scoring. So I'm, I'm, I like everybody that, that's in these matchups. Yeah, I looked at that one, and I looked at the, the other game that I saw you knock off the list there, Green Bay and Jacksonville. But I ultimately went yeah. with Indy and Detroit, and I, I like the fact that Andrew Luck's back and that offense – even though they've kind of struggled in the preseason, I don't worry about that when it comes to teams like this. I, I think maybe they're not playing all their cards, which they shouldn't. It's preseason. 
Um, and Detroit without Calvin Johnson, I kind of think that offense might open up a little bit without Calvin Johnson. You know, they did sign Anquan Bolden, so now they've kind of, you know, they've got three pretty decent receivers. Nobody not even nearly as good as Calvin Johnson, so that does hurt. But Tate and Jones and Bolden, man, that's three legit weapons. Abdullah looking looking like he could be a, a dark horse there at running back. I, I do like him. Uh, that that could be a pretty wide open game there in in Detroit, or is it in Indy? I totally probably botched that, but um, it is it in, is in Indianapolis. But yeah. yeah, so anyway, that's the game that I like. All right, <clears throat> and then you're you're skipping the the worst one here, so. Well, no, I so I, I wrote that I didn't finish my note, but um, oh. I, I said my my worst game of the week for fantasy purposes is going to be the is really going to be the Carolina Denver game. I mean, I just think both defenses are stout. You know, even though Carolina lost a couple guys, I I think they're still going to be legit. And Denver is not going to be a high powered offense this year. I don't think so at all. Um, and, you know, Denver's still going to be top-notch. So, But that one, to me, seemed a little too obvious. That's what I meant. But the, the game the game that I'm, I'm really looking at avoiding here is this Minnesota-Tennessee game. You know, Minnesota's defense is still pretty good, and Tennessee, even though they look improved offensively, still aren't a juggernaut by any means. Um, and Minnesota, you know, they could be walking into week one with Sean Hill as their starting quarterback, and even if they do switch to Sam Bradford at some point, like we just said – what is that going to do for them in week one? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a real low scoring game. Like may, maybe in the teens, both sides. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was that low scoring. All right. Yeah. My game here is, uh, is LA at San Fran. The, the uh, final game of, of the, the first week here. Um, I, I just, I'm not really wild about either of these teams. I think, I think Todd Gurley's going to have a good game. Um, you don't know what you're getting with golf yet. Um, that receiving golf may not even play golf might be a healthy scratch week one. I guess you didn't see that. No, I didn't. So (laughs) that's why I'm talking about Kate Keenum. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So. There you go. You, you don't know what you're getting with golf, if, he, if he's going to play or not. <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, and I mean, Keenum, you kind of saw what he was. Nothing great to write home about. San Fran, I just don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what Chip Kelly can put out there on the field. Um, you know, you're going to have probably an interesting beginning of the game itself with Krapernick sitting his sorry ass down for the national anthem to try to prove a point, you know, him sitting down isn't going to change anything in this country. So uh, I applaud you for trying, but so what? No one's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Colin Kaepernick is sitting down. Let's stop all the violence. No. Um, Whatever. Congratulations on your jersey sales going up. But Chip <laughs> Kelly, I have no uh, no love lost for him, obviously. I just think this game is going to be a, 
worthless to watch uh, aside from the first five minutes to see what the audience does for, for Kaepernick. Um, but that's what he wants. So good for him. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We, we have a, a guest here real quick. I want to let, let a caller in. Oh, Hey, oh, gee. Hey, what's how's going, going on, Joe? man? Sorry about that. Hey, I, and I do not. I do not look at the at the call list. While I, <laughs> I don't get any calls. Either. I don't. I don't either. So I feel bad. Uh, I just wanted to pass along a thank you for the heads up on uh, Justin Forsett for my weekly ranks. I had earlier in the week when all the stuff was going about when he was cut from the team from the fifty three. I had taken him out of my uh, rankings, Not and nice. you uh, gave me the heads up to put him back in, and uh, so I've uh, so I've done that. I, I guess you guys have already hashed through the Baltimore backfield, have you? We did. If you want to give your your quick your quick take here, man, you got about thirty seconds. What what you got? Who you, who do you like for this backfield right now? Uh, who do I like for this backfield? Is nobody. I'm staying away. I, okay, so if you if you were forced to start one, who are you starting? Terrence West. Okay. Terrence right. West. I agree with no you. No question. I, I start Terrence West. But no, you guys, so. great show, and uh, and uh, just wanted to uh, pop in a few uh, my two cents. AJ, I haven't heard you in a while. Where you been, man? On holiday? Uh, I don't know. Where where have I been? Have I? Uh-huh. I missed one, last, one last week. week. Last week you weren't here. It's just one yeah, week. Yeah, last week I wasn't. It's just one so. week. All right. I, I don't know. They run into one another. But anyways, <laughs> guys, great show. Uh, I just thought I'd uh, pop in and uh, thank Joe for giving me a heads up on my uh, on my weekly rankings, and uh, I hope you guys have all have a good season. I'll probably be talking to you. Uh, get you guys on the on the fantasy edge uh, this Friday. Uh, at some at some point, we're on Fridays now. Like you guys shifted to Wednesday, so so I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys soon, man. Take care. All right, I'm good, Richard. See you. Have a good week one. Okay, bye bye. Yep, that was that was Richard from Fantasy Six Pack over there, and he does his show Fantasy Edge, as he promptly reminded you. But anyway, so let's move on here. Um, Sleepers and busts, you know, I'll rip through all three of mine here for, for sleepers. Uh, my, my sleeper quarterback is Winston. I think he's got a really good matchup there uh, against Atlanta, who should have improved their defense, but really did not at all. Uh, I don't know what they're doing over there as far as that goes. And, and he could be a, a surprise top, you know, 10 type quarterback if, if maybe even better. Um, my running back maybe not so much a sleeper. Like I didn't really rank anybody so, you know, high, higher or lower than a whole bunch of other people. But uh, Christine, Michael, you know, if, if you're not up on the news and you're not realizing it and you're still thinking Rawls is going to be the guy kind of like AJ over here, uh, Christine, (laughs) Christine, Michael could surprise surprise you. And, you know, if, if you're kind of in a bad situation where you've got, Jamal Charles or something like that, you know, look at Michael as somebody who could potentially be a top 20 running back this, this week, potentially. I don't have him ranked that high, but he could potentially bump in there. And receivers, even though I don't like this game, these guys are ranked so low, in my opinion, that they end up becoming sleepers 
Ted Ginn and Funches, because of Calvin Benjamin only getting limited snaps, these two are going to get so much attention and they're going to get so much more run than they normally do. They become sleepers. Now, do I think either one of them like cracks the top 10? Probably not. But, you know, if you're looking for uh, a random flex play, you know, Funches is easily that. If you're, if you're looking for a really cheap maybe DFS play, I'm thinking Ginn could, could break one off, and you never know. You know, he could be t- a salary relief type of guy and, you know, in a flex, and Ginn could easily pop one off, and, and that's, that's what he's good for. So what you got there for sleepers? Oh, man, my sleepers, I got our boy Tyrod, pride of E.T., <laughs> Had to go uh, coming down here to to our hometown in Baltimore with his coach, who's a former Ravens coach, uh, Big Rex. Tyrod's going to have a, a really solid game. Um, you know, if you're if your number one quarterback kind of has a tougher matchup, and, and you have him on your bench, he surprised a lot of people last year, and he played very yeah. well. I think he's going to have another solid season this year, um, especially against a Ravens defense that was atrocious against opposing quarterbacks. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe they've really shored up all those loose ends. So I think Tyrod can can get out of the pocket and, and do some damage, and I think he's going to definitely do some damage with his arm. Um, I do think Baltimore is going to win the game, but I think um, – I think it could be fairly close, you know, like a 24-20 or 24-21, something like that. Um, and, and Tyron's going to have have a good game. Um, my sleeper running back here is uh, Eddie Lacy. And, um, again, you, you saw that I took that game out, the Green Bay-Jacksonville game. Uh, I, I think Lacy's going to have a pretty good game against you know, and, and fairly weak against the run mm-hmm. defense. Um, and then going back to the game that I, you know, eventually ended up settling on with Oakland and New Orleans, uh, I really like Crabtree uh, as my sleeper receiver. I, I like him as a sleeper for the whole season. You know, as I said before, he actually outscored Amari Cooper. Um, I think both of them are going to have good years this year. Um, but I, I think people are going to be focusing on, on Cooper a little bit more than they will be Crabtree. And, and I like him to get, you know, maybe a hundred yards and at least a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. Um, so, so my bus here quarterback is Cam Newton. I mean, I know I just put Gannon Funches in the sleepers for running for receivers, but I mean, you had to see where they were ranked. They were ranked pretty low Cam is still ranked really high up there. And, I mean, we saw how much he struggled in the Super Bowl against this defense. Um, and, and Cam's still getting, you know, top five, top six right now this week. Um, I've dropped him all the way down to 10. I just I, – I think he's going to struggle big time this week. Um, my best running back, I'm going to stick with my theme all preseason and go with Ezekiel Elliott. I know he's playing the Giants, and the Giants are terrible. But they did upgrade their defense a lot this offseason – and I'm not so sure they're going to be the pushovers they were last year. And Elliot, I know he's supremely talented, but 
you know, Dak Prescott, he's unproven despite how well he's played this preseason. And I think teams are going to load the box. They're going to double up. They're going to double up Dez and they're going to load the box. I think that's how the teams are going to beat Dallas this year, especially early on until Dak can prove teams otherwise. And my receiver, this is the guy I was talking about earlier, you know, Jordy Nelson. Uh, he, he's a, a slate bust for me. I still have him ranked, you know, pretty high. I mean, he, he is t- still a must start, but if you're expecting him to return wide receiver one value, I think you're going to get disappointed this week. Uh, they're already talking about limiting his workload a little bit. And, you know, he hasn't really played a whole lot. He's only practiced. Actually, I don't think he's played at all this preseason. He's only been practicing the last couple of weeks. So, I'm not super confident with Nelson. You know, maybe he's getting into that wide receiver three range for for a lot of teams at the end of this point. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with with him. Yeah, my uh, my three again dipping back to that potential favorite game with the Green Bay and Jacksonville. I'm actually going with Blake Bortles here. Uh, Green Bay is is pretty good against the pass. Um, I think Bortles can have an okay game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a couple of turnovers, if he got too much, you know, pressure on him, uh, a couple sacks, maybe a fumble, and uh, at least one interception. Um, but I, I do see him getting at least one touchdown to, uh, to Allen Robinson. But overall, you know, of the guys that, that I was looking at, he's the one for me. Um my pick for running back here is uh, Devonta Freeman. Um, you know, I know going into the season, everybody was really high on this guy because of last year and, you know, what he did and this and that. But I just, you know, I, I don't think he's going to have as good of a game. You know, Tampa Bay's defense is, you know, middle of the pack against the run, um, but they held him to – you know, under under 100 yards in the first meeting, no touchdowns, and under 50 yards in the second meeting, no touchdowns. Um, and that came in Tampa Bay. Um, so I, I just don't see him, you know, breaking out and having a huge game here. Um, and then my receiving uh, bust, sorry, is pretty much anybody in Minnesota. Uh, I almost listed, listed the quarterback situation as my bust, but I don't think anybody's really out there starting Sam Bradford or Sean Hill unless you're no. three-quarterback league. Um, but I, I just I think these guys are going to suffer until they get Bradford under you know under wraps and and have him as the the main go-to starter. Um, so, you know, Stefan Diggs and, and uh, Treadwell, I think eventually they, they could be fantasy relevant, but I'm not looking at them this week. And Tennessee's, you know, a pretty decent matchup for them. But I just think with the, the shaky quarterback situation, uh, I'm not looking at these guys. Yeah, I don't blame me one bit at all. So there you have it, everybody. There's our week one analysis, the best we can give you. And uh, but if you got any other questions, hit us up on Twitter at Fantasy Six Pack. And you are at what is your weird name again? Apple you oh you had you Aldar. had a, you, that's right. Um yeah at Apple Garth Algar. 
Yeah, good luck remembering that one. Uh, you can just tweet me, it. or it's or it's in the or it's in the notes of the uh, in the notes of the show here. So hit us up on Twitter or any of the other fancy sixpack.net writers. We're all here to help. Good luck week one, everybody, and we will see you all next week. All right, sounds good. Take care.